Mid-year of third grade, for financial reasons, I returned to public school. Pretty soon after starting my classes, I was sent to the developmentally challenged group because I could not read or write well. I excelled at math, but because the rest of the class was not doing the same math, I had to sit and wait for the rest of the students to get done with their work. I got in trouble a lot because I got bored. This was pretty much routine for the next nine years. In other words, until I graduated high school. All of the freedom and self-expression that I was allowed at Clear Spring School was stripped away from me. I went from feeling like I belonged somewhere and was really learning and having fun learning to an environment I didn't fit into. I didn't fit into any of the molds that the teachers and administrators of the public school wished I did. I spent most of my time in the principal's office with the school secretary. The secretary's daughter was a few years older than I was. I had met the secretary's husband while he was delivering dairy products to the stores downtown. Her daughter was really pretty. I figured I should get to know the family. One day I asked, Miss, how do you say... I love you in French, Spanish. She looked up from her paperwork, bewildered, and stared at me for a moment. I don't know, she furrowed her brows. Why don't you go to the library and see if they have something that will help you with that? I did. I returned about 30 minutes later. Jatim and te amo. She looked at me. What? It's a wonder that she took so long to tell me I could not hang out there anymore. You said go to the library and see if they had something. They did. Je t'aime and te amo. I didn't say it out loud, but I really wanted to show these new phrases off to her daughter. I wouldn't. Couldn't, though. She was older than me. Besides, I petulantly thought, she liked Billy. Why don't you go back to the library and see if they have anything like a mystery or a real thinker you could read? I don't read good. They said I don't read good. She smiled, but not necessarily pleasantly. That's okay. You just go on back and see Mrs. Barney and tell her I asked her to find you a real brain twister. Even if I didn't read good, I felt she was encouraging me. I went to the library and asked for a brain teaser, because Mrs. S. said I should read something like a mystery or something. The librarian came back with Encyclopedia Brown by Donald Sobel. I read the entire series and went back for more. Mrs. Barney tried to get me to read Judy Bloom books, but I could never sink my teeth into them. I was frustrated with those Judy Bloom books. Those girls are dumb, and they're always doing dumb things. She chided me. They aren't dumb, Anne. They're just different from you. Don't you have any more mysteries? I solved all the mysteries in Encyclopedia Brown. He's real smart. Mrs. Barney twisted her lips, put her fingers into the gray mop of hair on top of her head, then moved her hands to the hips of her flowered dress. She stood there, eyes focused someplace on the ceiling, making faces while she was thinking. Okay. I think I have something. I don't know what that book was called, but it was a twisty, turny murder mystery. A lot of people were involved, a lot of different things were going on. I had to write stuff down to try to keep track of it all. 
I filled an entire notebook of notes and sketches and still didn't understand what people were doing or how one thing was related to another. I didn't finish that book. I gave it back to her. It didn't make sense to me. I was ashamed. I felt stupid. I belonged in that special kids class. Those kids were all poor like me. Most of them had other kinds of things wrong with them, though. Whatever smugness and superiority I felt because my eyes were straight and my teeth were mostly straight, and my arms were generally at my side instead of strung up in front of me, I was not feeling so smug after that. It took a while to go back to that library. Instead, I went to the downtown library. Rather than reading books, I put in headphones and listened to stories and music on the record player. Most of the time I sat at a little desk in the front of the library where they had the newspapers and magazines. I made graphs and notes from the Wall Street Journal, examining particular letters for patterns in the little numbers and fractions. I was sure there was a trend in there somewhere. If I kept track of it well enough, I could figure it out. One of the stories I remember listening to was an abridged version of The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. On an old vinyl record, it had a little cartoon book that went with it. I still haven't actually read that series. The recording was so good that I can't imagine enjoying it the same way as an adult. I always enjoyed having someone read to me, and still do. When I was eight, in fourth grade, I became a part of an after-school and weekend program. It was run by two women who were roommates and had been for a long time— They were very loving toward each other. I remember how kind they were to us. I remember that I was allowed to be me, even though my overactiveness might have been out of place at times. To these lovely women, I was excited and passionate about what they were teaching all of us, about the Word of God, and how He works in our very tiny lives. In that group, every time we met, we recited Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path.